St. John proclaims to us tonight that God who is invisible becomes visible in the person of Jesus. At Bethlehem, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. A more literal translation of that is actually the word became flesh and pitched his tent among us. As if literally you're at your campsite and someone sets up shop next to you and you're like, oh, there's someone right there. When God took flesh upon himself and came to us in Jesus, he pitched his tent among us. Tonight I want to talk about someone else who knew a lot about pitching tents because he lived in them and he put up many tents. His name is Nicholas Black Elk. Nicholas Black Elk was born in 1863. He was a medicine holy man of the Lakota tribe, not far away here in the Midwest. Nicholas Black Elk, as a young boy, learned that there are many roads that lead to destruction, many dark roads. But he was taught that there is a red road that leads to life. It's a sacred road, it's a holy road, it's a spiritual road, and he wanted to travel that road to life. When he was nine years old, he was in his family's teepee, and he had a vision that stuck with him for the rest of his life. He, in part of the vision, saw a man coming to him who had wounds in the palms of his hands. He wasn't Indian. But he also didn't look like the European settlers. He seemed to be of a different tribe altogether. And this man who came to him was accompanied by a sacred tree, which was flowering and blossoming all over. Light was coming out of this strange man's body, and he said in the vision to Black Elk, My life is such that every living being on the earth belongs to me. Your father, the great spirit, has said this, and you also must say this. When he came out of that vision, he also had the sense that this was meant to be a mission for him to save his people, to save his tribe. Because at this point in history, there were horrible conflicts and battles and bloodshed between the Lakota Sioux, the, the Oglala, many other tribes, and the European settlers, and the U.S. Army, the U.S. government. Black Elk was, was at the battles of Little Bighorn. He was at the Battle of Wounded Knee. He saw terrible things. He saw so much bloodshed between these warring peoples in this land where he grew up in. Well, many years later, he met... Catholic Jesuit priests who were missionaries in the Midwest. And he heard, proclaimed, and preached Jesus Christ, the one that God sent, the one who was pierced on the sacred tree, the one whose hands were nailed, and who rose from the grave on the third day. As he learned more and more about this Jesus who was sent by the Heavenly Father, he realized that what he had seen many years ago was now making sense in a new way. 
he realized that the man he encountered in the vision was the resurrected Christ. He chose to give his life to the Lord Jesus. He chose to be baptized in 1904, in fact, on December 6th, which is St. Nicholas's Day, hence where we get jolly old St. Nick from. He took that name upon himself the rest of his life. He wanted to be known as Nick Black Elk. And from that point on, he began to live his Catholic faith with such intensity and devotion. He learned how to read in Lakota, the, the Lakota Bible that was created. He would receive communion as often as he could. He would be seen walking with his friend John from the general store to St. Agnes Church every Sunday, praying the rosary. He also knew that he was Catholic, but he was still Lakota, and he took those traditions with him and, in a certain sense, baptized them. He prayed the rosary in one hand some days, and people saw him with his sacred pipe in the other, which natives would pray with in many different ways to the Great Spirit, the Great Father of us all. He himself was a catechist. That means he was a teacher of the faith, especially to young people. He's teaching a, a couple kids up there about the red road, how to walk the red road that leads to life. He taught children that the way to find life and everlasting life is through Jesus and his church. In fact, the road is red because it is stained by the blood of the Savior. The blood which forgives sins, that's what makes it red and royal. That's the road that he wanted to walk. Black Elk died in 1950. He was buried at St. Agnes Cemetery. You can visit his grave today. Before he died, he told the people around him, he said, I will send you a sign from the sky once I pass over. And in the days between his death and his funeral, there were just countless meteors through the sky in the Midwest. Everyone saw it. He's now called Nicholas Black Elk, servant of God. That's the, the first step towards becoming an official canonized saint in the Catholic tradition. Who knows if someday we'll call him Saint Nicholas Black Elk and ask him to intercede for us and the peoples of these lands. For Black Elk, he realized that though he was always trying to follow the Red Road and always trying to honor the Great Spirit, he realized that God had done something way back in his life that was meant to bear fruit later on. It was meant to open up as he heard the Word of God proclaimed. That Jesus Christ did have a mission for him, did have something for him to preach and to teach. It was to save not only his own tribe, his own people, but that God had come into the world to save all the tribes, to save all the peoples, and to bring the shattered and wounded family of humanity back into peace where there was war, back to love where there's hate, and back to healing where there's brokenness, whether it's spiritual or mental or physical. This is the same Jesus that Black Elk preached and taught and proclaimed for 50 years until he passed over and finally completed that royal red road. For us today, as we celebrate the birth of the Savior, we can also be confident that Christ continues to pitch his tent among us. That it wasn't just 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem 
but that right now in our lives, Jesus Christ draws close to each and every one of us. He wants to reveal himself in the ordinary circumstances of your life, of where you set up your camp, so to speak. Your families, your relationships, the events of our lives, our joys, our sorrows, the things that make us weep, the things that make us sing out for joy. Christ, who is human, pitches his tent among us right there. And that's such good news because it means that, friends, we don't have to go and try and find God somewhere. We don't need to go out and find, where is he? Where do I seek God? How do I come close to God? The good news is he's already found you. He's already taken on our flesh. He's already died for us. He's already risen for us. He's already sent his Holy Spirit into the church until the end of time. He is with us. He's he's pitched his tent among us. And there may be some here in this church right now who maybe you're thinking of an experience in your life from the past. Maybe it was a vision like Black Elk or maybe it was something else that happened to you. And maybe right now the Lord is saying, I was with you right there. And I have a mission for you now if you give me your trust. If you'll believe that I am for you, I am with you, that I love you, give me your trust. Give me, give me your faith. And I can do amazing things in your life and I've got a mission for you. Because this world needs peace. This world needs healing. This world needs love. I think tonight a beautiful prayer that we can make as we're spiritually at Bethlehem is just to say what so many people said to Black Elk. They said, teach me. Teach me about this Jesus. Teach me how to pray. Teach me who I am. We can ask that of Jesus Christ. Lord, teach me who you are. Lord, teach me who I am. Lord, teach me what is my mission in this life to help bring healing and peace to other people. Lord, teach me how to walk this royal red road. Not the roads that lead to darkness or destruction. There's many of them. How do I walk the red road that leads to your kingdom? Lord, teach me. That's a beautiful prayer that can take us really deep into the mystery of Christmas. That God is not far away from us at all, but God is close. God is desiring to show us his love. He's desiring to give us new life. He has pitched his tent among us. He has taken on our flesh. And he has even taken on our death. So that we could rise again with him. And be with our great father, the great spirit. In everlasting life. This is the good news of Christmas.